So, you want to be a contractor. Ever wonder what it takes to become a contractor? The journey they go on to get where they are now, or the crazy things they see and hear on the job site? Well, you're in the right spot. Welcome to So You Want to Be a Contractor, the podcast. Join your host, Mike Fisher, as he talks to owners of construction companies from all over about how they got started, how they run their business, and some of the craziest stories they've experienced on their job sites. And now, your host, Mike Fisher. Welcome to So You Want to Be a Contractor. This is episode number 36. My name is Mike Fisher. Uh, Co-host over there is Maricela. Hey, say hi, Maricela. How are you doing? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, this is Maricela at Chicago with a new generation of home improvements. And Mike, if you can't see him, you should because he's combed his hair today. He got, it looks like gel, people. It, it's no worth hat. the YouTube. Go no and watch Check out Mike the with no hat. This might it's be the deal. one and only episode without a hat on. You're welcome, people. You're welcome. Uh, our guest today, President of uh, G&J Signs, is uh, Jose Almanza. How are you doing, Jose? Good, good. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you taking the time. This is a, a last-minute pinch hit, too. Uh, Jose's partner, Alex, uh, was the one that signed up to do this and then uh, threw Jose in about seven minutes before we started. To, uh, to I have a good feeling so about this. this. I have a I good think, feeling about this. This I is the Kirk Gibson moment. This is the current so uh, Get your fist get ready, Jose. <laughs> let's get started with your, your story. How did you, how did you get into this industry? Did, were you always doing signs? What brought you to where you are now uh, running this? Yeah, be, uh, GJ? So tell us what you do. So for the listeners that don't know what you do, what is your business? What areas are you servicing? And then get into, <clears throat> how'd you get into it? Okay. Yeah, I've been in the business for about 18 years. I started in 2004. And right now I'm an electrical sign contractor. I do most of our work. It's installations for out of state companies that sell their signs here locally. And, uh, we're just, uh, uh, they ship them out to us and we'll install it. We also manufacture and service our own, um, customers. So. Awesome. How'd you get into signs, Jose? What did you, well, yeah. Where was, where were you at 2004? <laughs> what were you getting into? 2004, was signs? I was. No, I was a, uh, <clears throat> a convenience store owner. Okay. So, and it was funny because I, I ordered a neon sign from this guy that came out and came to the store and offered me a sign for my window. So I ordered him a sign. And when he delivered, I saw him getting off the bus, carrying his window sign. And I, it, I thought it was weird. You know, I told him, why are you riding the bus? He was like, well, you know what? I have my own shop. I have a little shop that it's behind an insurance company. And I do my own uh, signs. And I, I actually needed an investor that helped me out, you know, to um, grow the business. So he invited me to come out of his shop and check it out. So I went by there. I checked what he was doing. And I thought he, he knew what he was doing. So that attracted me. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. So I invested in some money. We bought a, a 1985 Toyota pickup to start with, you know, with a ladder rack. We put a ladder rack on it. Hold on, Jose. It on small you, but at this point, you are a convenience store. Owner. Right. So you, I, like I want to go. Like a corner liquor store? Yeah. Yes. It was I, uh, one of those Mexican corner stores, little stores in East L.A. 
and we sell, you know, we sell meat, uh, produce. I had a little restaurant inside and beer. So, oh, those are my favorite. They always have the best. We didn't know anything about her. Sure. didn't have any clue about science. <laughs> so, so, you're well, running well, a well, go ahead, Mike. Let's go back. The guy gets off the bus and says, I need money. And you say, Yes. Like, there's got to be more to that story than that, right? Like, yeah, well, to, yeah, she, she kind of went the first through time you him. This is like love at first sight. You had to go, like you had to do, you had to see about a girl, like right, right. I mean, he went by like a couple of weeks before, and he says, "Don't you want a, a window sign? Because you it. need a window sign. You have no signs on your window." So I said, Got "You it. know what? Yeah, make me one that says mariscos in Spanish, which means seafood." I said, yeah. "Okay." So I give him half. So I thought I had lost my deposit because he took longer than what he said. You know? So I was like, oh, you know what? I, I lost my money already. But yeah, one time I was in the parking lot, <clears throat> standing outside the store, and I saw him getting off the bus, carrying the sign, and I was like, oh my goodness, what's this guy doing on the bus? You know, so that's when I asked him, hey, why are you riding the bus? So then he proposed me to invest that money. I went by there, and like I said, I went a couple of times trying to make sure that he was running his business and uh, obviously I didn't want to just throw in money in it. But I think that he knew what he was doing. So, you know, he knew most of the manufacturing. He was uh, bending his own knee on the yeah. glass. He would bend the glass and everything in the shop. So well, I, the first thing form. I, yeah. And the first thing I tried to learn was how to sell the product because I didn't really have clue of what to do in the, um, in the shop how to reinstall, how to service, none of that. So, but the first thing I, I learned was how to sell the product. He was in, in the shop, you know, manufacturing, I was going out to the business offering signs. So Back then it was neon only. We didn't make anything else. It was just neon. So Jose, how did you get into the convenience store? Like, was that a generational store or did you just buy that and you made a convenience store how did you maintain both businesses are you still selling muddy schools out of the store like what's the deal with this tell me about your store did you just want I, I to own a business store. right uh the the store i started with uh that was my my little store that i would go and buy carne and you know our stuff for like daily use yeah and uh one time i walk into the store and the carniceria, the meat department was closed. So I asked the guy, I'm an Indian guy, and I asked him, amigo, what happened with the meat? And he said, you know what? I'm not making money. The butchers are stealing from me, so I'm not making money on the meat. So I say, okay, rent me that spot, and I sell my own, my own meat. And he <laughs> I'm, was, I'm he picking was up on like, a trend, Mike. Are you picking up on right? a trend? I know. <laughs> I'm yeah. picking up on a trend there. <laughs> Jose, yeah, so the opportunist. I, I I had a, yeah, I had a compadre that was a, a butcher okay. and I told him about it because he, is, he had proposed me to start our own business. So when I saw that opportunity, I called him and I say, compadre, you know what? Here's a, the store in the corner. They closed the, the meat department. So why don't you and I rent it out? So we went and checked it out and we talked to the guy. So we ended up getting into a <clears throat> contract for a year. So we started selling our own meat. We had our own cashier there so that we could charge for our meat separately from whatever else in the store. And a couple of years later, we bought the store. He put the store for sale because <laughs> luckily 
after the year, we extend our lease five years because we replace the uh, uh, the machinery in the and the meat department. So how much about stuff, how yeah. much about being a cartinero? Did you know how much of, about being a butcher? <laughs> did you know before you were like, hey compadre, let's go do this? <clears throat> I, I didn't know. I was a truck driver back then. <laughs> But I, I, this was I, great. I always, you, you, I always there's had in so my many mind people, There's so many people that look back in life and be like, man, what if I just said yes to that one thing? Like, what if I just took that one opportunity? Jose Not Jose, yes. man. Right. He just says yes right. to everything. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, yeah, you know what? You need I, a butcher? Yeah, yeah, I can do that for sure. Right. I mean, right. Oh, you, you need me off? You need a guy selling the outside? Yeah, I can do that. I can yeah, do let it. me do that. I yeah. can do it. I can do it. <laughs> do you need me? Do you need a guy who can transport the meat in the neon sign? Yeah. I can do that too. Now it's all coming full <laughs> circle, right? Because right? now you can move your signs all over the place. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So I always had in my mind that I wanted to have my own business. I, I didn't want to work for someone else. I you can know, tell. But back yeah. then I was. You know, so, <clears throat> yeah, that's how we, we started on on the, the store. So, oh, and then, where, where did after, you grow up? Where did you grow up? Where? I grew up in Mexico and I came here when I was 17 years old, 1988. So I came here by myself and. You should know my story. I I had to be homeless. I, I was sleeping under a bridge for a few days when I got here. That's it right anybody. there. That's it right yeah. there. That's the money. Yeah. That's the Kirk Gibson moment. So you, yeah. you're you an immigrant. You come to this yes. country. I'm assuming you don't know the language. You're by right. yourself at 17 years old. And for a period of time, you're homeless. And I'm talking to right. you 25, 30 years later, and you own your own business. That's if correct. that isn't the American freaking dream, Jose. Uh, and, and not only owning his own business, it's well, at least the second. I have to, maybe there, I don't know if there's another one in there, but like at least your second business that you've owned already. This is the are second. Are you still, business. are you still running the, the shop? The, the store? The, 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 yeah, the store. What was the name the of your store, store I, first of all? Los Compadres Meat Market. So. <laughs> So creative. So we started. All right, well, we'll give it like, for opportunity. This is straight up boil height. This is straight up boil height. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so are Sorry, you? Do you oh, still own it? No, I sold it in uh, 2019, right okay. before the pandemic. So, and now I got into the real estate business. So, <laughs> of course, and, why not? <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess. You knew nothing about real estate before you got into that business, too, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got a truck driver who used to cut me, who owned a convenience store named Los Compadres, who got into the sign business and is now into real estate. Okay. We could talk for a lot of time on all of those different businesses, but we'll we'll try and bring it back to the contracting part. And I think real estate is is very much related no, because it's for we sure don't, involved, yeah. It, right? Yeah. Um, so there was a period of time where you were doing both Los Compadres and you were doing, you were trying to start this, this sign business with, is, right. is Alex your partner? Is Alex the guy who? Alex is yes, the guy from the bus, Yes, he's my partner on the sign business, yes. But he, was, so he, he wasn't the guy the from business. the bus, right? No, no. Okay. Alex came into, uh, joined the company five, six years ago. Okay. So oh, so the original guy. Running. So is it three of you guys then? So where's the guy that came off the bus that sold you the sign? Oh, he's gone. It's. I mean, I have a really long story, and it's weird because two years after, 
we partnered up and we got the business going. Uh, I come into the shop and guess what? Shop was empty. The guy was gone with everything. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. yes. And, uh, so what, I, I mean, mean, did you I, have to start all over? I had to start all over. And the reason and why I kept the business. Why stick with signs though? You've got so much experience doing all this other stuff. This guy just took everything from you. What, yes, why stick but, with signs? Back then I was thinking about quitting. So I went back to that landlord and I said, you know what? This is what happened to me. I don't need the space anymore. And he was like, no, 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 wait, right? We have a five-year at least. So you can sublease it or do whatever you want with the spot. But guess what? You're going to have to You're responsible. Um, yeah. be responsible for the four, <laughs> three and a half years that we have left. So I had a, a guy that was working with us already. And he kind of learned a little bit of what we do and the, and the shop, the manufacturing part. So he said, why don't you, you know, just buy your tools back and... And I'll keep on doing whatever we're doing on, on, on the shop. I'll do the manufacturing. I was like, okay, I try to lease it out, but I didn't have anyone interested on the spot. So I, I was kind of forced to continue with it. I said, you know yeah. what? Let's give it a shot. Let's give it another year. And if it doesn't work, then we'll just give up on it. Hold on. Hold on. Shameless was, plug. Yeah, yeah. Shameless plug. Hold on real quick. Um, did you, uh, did you have insurance theft to, uh, I was Overall just going to go there, Mike. And, 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 or did you have to pay for all this stuff on your own? Oh, no, I had to pay for all the stuff on my own. Okay. I didn't so realize that all the. Yeah. So, right. Jose, how going through that experience is devastating. That breaks a person's back. People, if they're not named Jose Almanza, don't come back from that, right? Like they go find a job. But right. for. For people who are, for individuals, for contractors who are starting a business or in a business where they have a partnership and it's very, it's a very early in the partnership, how should they go about having that experience? What would you recommend they do to protect themselves so they don't show up one day and everything is gone from the shop? Right. I wish I wish I knew, but I, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know we needed an insurance and all of that stuff, so. I would recommend to since the beginning do things right, you know, especially if, what is, if get your what does that look like? If, okay. You know, once you start your business, make sure you're insured what you're starting with, your vehicles, everything, get it insured. So you're protected because you know, you lose everything and then it takes a long time again to, you know, restart again. Yeah. yeah. It's it's hard and and then that breaks your heart too and makes you not trust people anymore. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I'm a pretty trusty sure. person. So, you know, you're after that, you're scared of every single one that is around you. You're like, oh, you yeah. don't want to do business with partners anymore. Right. But it, it didn't, it didn't uh, block me from continuing trying to, you know, make it happen. If I have to be partnered with someone, to make it happen, and I'm, I'm willing to do it and take the risk rather yeah. than say, you know what? I don't want to be partnered with anyone. I'll just take on my job and I'll do what I can. Yeah. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't my thinking. There's definitely financial damage and there's emotional damage to that. And, right. and Mike, if, if you could underscore just so that we can try and understand this better for as a resource. What should people be doing if they're thinking about a partnership? How do they correct themselves? Can you speak to some of the things that you offer? 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just finding trusted partners, right? I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> insurance is a piece of it, but I mean, there's, there's CPAs, Lawyers. right? There's attorneys, there's, uh, you know, right. HR consultants, there's mm-hmm. all different types of, of, of partners, but, it, but that's what it is, right? It's, it's trusted partners because you, especially when it's just you and your partner, right? And you guys are kind of bootstrapping and you're, and you're early on, you're not, you know, a 50 employee company with seven, eight, 10 people in the office. Mm-hmm. It's just you and your partner. You guys, like I said, you're out there bootstrapping and, and busting your butt in the business every day. You, th- those people around you are the ones that are supposed to be watching out for you, right? Like your insurance yeah. guy is supposed to understand your business to the point where he knows and can go to you and say, hey, we'll say you've got, you know, $250,000 worth of equipment and, and material in your shop and you're only covered for 50000 of it. If it burns down yeah. or is stolen, like you're screwed, right? Like so yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and your attorney yeah. that says, hey, you know, set up you know what kind of whatever kind of agreement between the two partnerships that way if one of you leaves or buys out or what it you know, just so that all that stuff is covered and that's where those trusted partners come in so it's yeah it's yeah it's 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 finding those people that you can trust to uh kind of help you with those things that you shouldn't really have to understand know or be involved in on a day-to-day basis yeah right, right. so how do you go how do you get to the place again so I'm assuming a couple, how much time goes by, Jose, where you're like, all right, I'm just going to start this again before you decide to partner up. Because there's a, again, there's a lot of emotional damage and collateral that happens when you get abandoned that way. Why did you decide to take on another partner? What did that do for your business? I, you know, after running the business for like 12 years by myself, I figured that I needed someone in the office that, that it needed to be part owner of the, of the company, because that way they'll be, you know, they'll be uh, invested just like w- you are. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they'll be watching for, for the company, you know, they'll be watching everything because I had good people working for me in the office, but they would finish their eight hours, they go home and, and that's it. Everything will fall on my back, you know, and I yeah. didn't need someone to be in the office, you know, taking care of everything uh, while I was gone out on the field. I'm the one that goes out on the field, supervisor guys while we're doing the jobs and make sure everything mm-hmm. is done correctly, you know? So yep. at the yeah. end of the jobs, I always go there and check the jobs, make sure everything was done right, everything is working. And, and but I, at the same time, I needed someone to be running the office because every time I was off from the office, the business would stop on office. I couldn't be, be sending any reports, any getting any new jobs, any of that, you know? Yeah. So I figured I, I mean, I could have hired someone, but like I said, the people that I had was pretty good people that, but they just worked for eight hours and that's it. They wouldn't care for the company yeah. much, you know, yeah. as if you're part owner of it, you know? Yeah. 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 So bringing Absolutely. somebody like Alex on, how much did that allow you to grow? Was it more just managing what you had or was, yeah. was, did that give you the ability to grow your business and actually create a little bit more revenue? Right. We we grow our business from seven hundred thousand a year. That was the most I, I did and that was back in twenty fifteen. That was my best year. We went from seven hundred thousand to one point five, one point six million. Excellent. After wow. I got Alex in into the business. So That's we grew awesome. up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and- it's really impressive what happens when you walk into because look, taking on a partner at that point that's a vested person. There's an investment in that. And you, as a business owner, you can absolutely stay stuck and worrying about like, 
what is this going to do to my business? Like, how is it going to hurt it? But when you take that leap and you find the right person, you doubled in size in one year. Is that what yeah. I just heard you say? Right, right. And, and he was pretty expensive. You know, he started working with me for a year and then I decided to bring in a supporter. And he was an expensive, that was my most expensive employee in the company. But I knew that I was, you know, get way more in return. Sometimes you're yeah. kind of scared to bring a, a, a good employee aboard because you said, I can't afford them. Yes, we can afford with people, good people because they want to bring you more money to the business. So that's going to yes. give you the availability to pay them what they're asking for. And yep. sometimes we don't get the good employees or partners because we don't want to pay them what they're worth, you know? Some people, they yeah. work what they're asked for, but we're thinking that we're not going to be able to pay for it, but we can cover Well, I love that you have that mentality that your your employees are investments, right? Like they're not yeah. just numbers or people that are a burden on your company because they have a payroll, but they're an investment. Like you've, yeah. you've wrapped your mind around that concept, which allows you to use them to their ability to help you grow, which I think is a key kind of mindset for, for any, anyone running a business. It's a key mindset right. and it's a good reminder for all of us listening to this and talking about this, that when you find the right person, double down. Right. And, exactly. and yep. if it's the right person, they are going to, they're going to hold their value and then bring even more to the business. Doubling your business, that's really impressive. So Jose, can we go into what your sales process looks like. So you come into this business, you join out of no experience of, of your own, and you say that you're the guy that's going out there selling the sign, selling your business. What did that look like? Was this a door-to-door -door process? <clears throat> like, how did you go find your people? I, I would go door-to-door -door <clears throat> or I would drive at night, you know, looking for, looking for uh, signs that were pressuring Looking for the dark off. businesses? Right. <laughs> so, and then I would get the phone number and call them the next day. Hey, you know, your sign is, is partially off or it's completely off. Do you want us to come out and give you a quote to repair it? So that's how I would do it. And then sometimes I would go to other people that I knew, they own stores, and I would come up to them and offer them a new sign or an open sign. You know, before we used to sell a lot of the open nail window signs. So, yeah, that was one of the most sellers that we had. Yeah. yeah. So do you, do you, but how much are you driving around here? Are you focusing on certain neighborhoods? Did you target certain neighborhoods? Were you just in your neighborhood? Like how, what was your process of qualifying what market you were going to serve? Back then it was just local, mostly, you know, okay. East LA, Montevallo, all the areas around me. And then I started going farther than farther. You know, uh, we got to the point covering the whole uh, any county, and, yeah. And um, and then we started. I started noticing that people were looking for other uh, signs too. You know, like the shadow letters, cabinet signs. So I started getting into uh, getting all the equipment and manufacture a little bit of everything. You know, to offer yeah. the service and you know get more clients. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit how that how that sales process developed, right? Because what you do is pretty commodity based, right? Kind of it's it's a one time thing. Mm -hmm. Not, a, I mean, obviously there's there's some level of service and customer service and, and quality that that probably you know differentiates people in that industry. But for the most part, it's 
buying a product kind of price is key, I'm sure. And a lot of, and, and probably not a, a ton of repeat business, right? Like you buy the sign, they keep it up until it either breaks or, or you need a new one. Um, right. But talk to us about how that sales process developed and what it looks like now, because you, I can't imagine you're still driving around looking for broken neon or, you know, no neon and, and kind of offering that stuff. But what is, how are you guys getting customers now and how did that process develop? <clears throat> well, actually right now it's mostly, um, People that refer us to other, yeah. you know, other people that they know. Right now, we're focused on big companies. Uh, the big companies that are out of state and they sell their their signs here. We have a website, and right now, it's how did a you find easier. that partner? Yeah, I was how did say, you how find did, that? How did you get into that that process? Because I mean, if you went from doing all your yeah your own little <laughs> stuff to finding these big national partners that you've kind of linked up with as a, as an installer, as a local installer, how did that process become? Right. That becomes after, uh, Alice came into the company, we would go into, you know, the websites and look for site companies that were in the need of, uh, uh local uh, installers or self-contractors. And that's when we develop a lot on the, our clients like, like yeah. them. But before, before Alice came in, I, w I only had one company that I was working for. And it was a local company here in Anaheim, California. So, and, uh, so Jose, your strategic partners now, these out-of-state partners, what you've done is you've, you've sub, you subbed out your sales team almost, and they're <clears> subbing <throat> out their installation <throat> team because they're doing the sales for you, right? Right. They're or are you still doing in-house sales? <clears throat> we still do a little bit, but honestly, we don't have much time. And, and sometimes we, we make more money by subcontracting for them than having our own clients around here. Yeah. Are they sending you specs and are you still manufacturing and building with some of that equipment that you had or are they shipping you ready to install stuff? Most of them ship us the, the signs ready to install. Some of them we manufacture for them where they're kind of tight on time and they're gonna, they never wanna be able to manufacture them. They send us the plants we manufacture for, for them. We manufacture the signs and do the whole thing from permitting to manufacture, installation, final, uh, final uh, inspection, and everything. So we offer that too. It's a great. complete package. How many so crews do you have? On. Yeah, go, no, no, go ahead, Marcel. Go. How many crews do you have running at, at, one, at one time in one week installing signs? We have three crews of two people each. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That's Did awesome. you upgrade your Toyota? Yes. <laughs> we have a good equipment now. Yeah, thank God. And it's just been good. And we have a, a pretty decent equipment. We have three bucket trucks, uh, uh, three 45-footers, uh, 75-footer Wilkie and uh, Elliot, 85. So we have pretty much the equipment that we need. You are, are no you longer doing? a guy coming off of a bus, Jose. Right, you, right. you Like you're driving up looking like a legitimate Upgraded. guy. That, Upgraded. That is, that salud adelante that's really really cool that's right, really right. cool yeah so going back to like when alex came on board and, and he you said you guys were were kind of just searching around looking for these people were you guys just making cold calls like hey mm. you guys are a sign company we install this local area do you, if you need somebody call us that kind of thing or or is <clears> there yeah, some sort of like website that guys go to 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 kind of list when they need jobs for this kind of stuff. That too, yeah. There, there's a few websites where they're 
their list, the companies, the national companies, and you go there and find the the key person that you and need apply to apply for the jobs. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Alex pretty much uh, put a package together that he, that he would send all of the companies, you know, with who we are, how long we've been in business, pictures of the equipment that we have, pictures of the jobs that we've done in the past. And you know, send it to them, and then we started to get phone calls from them. And, you know, how much are that. you guys wanting to grow from this point? So you you found a new channel, a sustainable channel to keep sales coming in and to keep three crews active working. How much are you looking to grow, or have you found that sweet spot? Like this, this really feels good. I'm making enough. <clears throat> Alex is making enough. My employees are making enough. Or we want a bigger slice of the pie. What does that look like for you? Uh, probably the last two years, we were kind of thinking of staying, not growing anymore. But mm. uh, I think we're already looking for a bigger uh, building. So we, mm. we do want to grow up a little bit more, uh, especially on the manufacturing part. Our shop is pretty small at manufacturing. And we... We don't take a lot of jobs that we get offered because we can't handle right. the manufacture, you know, but yeah. a lot of companies, they want manufacturing also. Is that the local stuff that you, you're not taking or is that from the national stuff that they're from asking me national, to be manufactured? Yeah, oh, national companies too. They, okay. they Sometimes they get pretty busy and they want a whole package, you know, they just send you the, yeah. the specs, you prepare the, the plans, go to the city, get the permits, manufacture, install, final inspection, and just send them back complete. Yeah. So do you guys still have a sales team at all? Or are you just relying on that business and word of mouth to some of the local stuff? Right. That's, yeah, we don't have a sales uh, team wow. anymore. Yes. That's the nice have, little setup, that, man. When you, that is I mean, a setup. Yeah. When you don't have to have to stress about making your own sales, right? Like you've, you've got, you know, people doing that, like she said, people doing the sales part for you and, and, and you've built a reputation to get some of that local business or keep keep some of that local business. Going back we to that shouldn't. package that Alex put together, why were they choosing you? Right? Uh, like you guys are newish, right? They don't know who you are. Why, why, why did they choose you then? Why are they still choosing you uh to do what's the, what they need done in, in your area? One of the main things when you're subcontracted for other companies, you gotta take their jobs. They're they're your, you know, you you're the the uh the main company there because I always try to be honest. Don't lie to customers because that's the first thing that puts you behind another people. You know, they put you in the back. So um, I try to be honest, do the work right. There has been a, a, a ton of times where we underprice a job, but I still do it right. I'm not going to try to cut yeah. corners because I'm not making money anymore. I know that's going to bring me more, more uh, work, you know, so... I always yes. try to be an honest. I do finish, I, I do present the quality of work that I would want to get from someone else. And I try yes. to be the partner that I wanted to to be for me. You know, if I needed a partner to be this, right. this, and that's, that's what I'm offering them. Yes. I think that's a really important point to highlight because so many people in our industry can very much relate to the fact that they probably underbid something, right? Especially in today's inflation. Yes. Like yeah. with numbers changing so drastically by the day, 
I'm out on a project if I if I was just barely at the margin to to win the project in and of itself. But it's important, Jose, to your point that you're not just thinking about how am I going to do on this job, but how is the other jobs ahead of me going right. to be? Like there's opportunity and even a a project that you're belly up on. Even if you're breaking even or you're losing some, you can't just think about the project or the margin in that one job. You have right. to be thinking about the relationship, especially with your sales team, with with these partners that you have. I might mm -hmm. be bad on, I might go under on this one a little bit, but there's other jobs coming down the pipe that I can make up. Exactly. Exactly. That's very important. And to be honest, all of the same people that started when I was, I actually learned from that. I got experience from some other uh, sign makers and people that are on the same, uh, on the sign business. They, I still see them the same way. They have their, their small pickup with a ladder on it and one helper. Mm -hmm. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't have the mind of, you know, expanding, growing. But let me tell you, if, if they have a job where they're not making any more money, they walk away from it. And sometimes it takes them weeks to, come back and finish. They go and try to find another job to make money to come and finish this. And sometimes they yeah. collect deposits. They spend it on something else for another job and they don't have it available to start the actual job that gives you the deposit, you know? Some yeah. people I even work with Man, them. that is what is so, that is so tricky about what we do. If you're not just doing one thing. Like you're not just installing the signs, but you have to be a CFO you have to right. be a, a sales, you have to be client relations. And that's really hard. That's a very, that's a huge challenge. And of course, if you're not doing it, if you're not just decent at all of those things, you're going to fail. And that's yes. why a lot of people <laughs> in industry fail. You just have to be decent. Right. And yep. getting, getting to a place in your business where you no longer have to be decent because you're going to hire somebody or you're going to bring somebody on as a partner who's great right. at that one thing. Exactly. Focus on the thing that you're really great at. Yes. Right? Getting to, and it sounds like that's where you are in your business because you <laughs> highlighted how now your focus every day is in making sure that the quality of the installation, making sure that, that the size <laughs> and the experience reflects your business. It sounds like that's what you're doing. Right, right. And I was telling my employees, if there is if there is ever an issue on anything, do not argue with customers or anybody. Let me handle. So you think yeah. that's going in the wrong direction, then just stop, walk away, let me handle it. I don't want them to get yeah. into fighting with customers. Even Alex, I told him sometimes he complains about a client being rude or whatever. And you know what? I, I can't handle this anymore. You take over, you know. So I I, I always try to treat people. Uh, same way as I wanted to be treated, you know, so. The golden rule, that's my rule, baby. Let, I, yes, I follow yeah. the golden rule, right. even for as much as I might not want to treat him. Exactly. Right, <laughs> right. I, I just, I just stick by that rule. We know, say, we know how Marty Silla feels about some, some uh, tough homeowners. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a scorned woman, Mike. But I've Check learned out my episodes lessons. 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. No, That's right. Huh? <laughs> Jose, what would you say your biggest talent is? What would you say is your thing? Like, I'm really good at this part. I'm really, I just, as a person, I'm really good at this. As a person? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a really patient person. I can handle a mm. lot of stuff. I can handle an uh, uh, angry person. Jetting up my face and like, 
I won't go off on it. And, mm. and maybe thanks to better, I, I feel like I attract people, you know, when I meet people that we're doing business with, I feel like they like my personality, personality, and they want to do business with me again, you know? So I, I think I'm good at that. So. No, that's great. That's great. That's a, that's a huge talent to have an enormous value that you yeah. bring. That's, that's wonderful in terms of how you are able to attract sales, um, attract clients, the right client and manage your employees, right? Cause you have to be really patient in order to navigate all the different personalities that you're working with and working for. Right. Right. Well, and maintaining relationships too, right? I mean, that's, that's key in maintaining those relationships because like you said, one little blow up, one little fight, one little argument, like one little hiccup in a, in a project can, uh, can kind of ruin a relationship yes. that's, you know, bringing you income for a long time. Right, so, right. especially in your business, yeah. right? I mean, somebody doing a, a home remodel can, can have it out with that home owner because that homeowner is probably not going to come back and give, you know, even if the, even if the remodel goes great, they're not remodeling seven more homes in the next right. four years. Exactly. Right. Like right. it's just that one. Right. So right. whereas in your case, I mean, these partners that you have and these people that you're doing work for are right. constantly bringing you business. Right. Right week right. after week. So exactly. it's important to, uh, like you said, kind of keep that level head and have patience and, and maintain those relationships. Right. Sure. Um, Jose, do you feel like you found your thing? So you were a truck driver, you, you own the, the, yeah, the neighborhood, Carnicería, yeah. <clears throat> Los Compadres, shout out to Los Compadres. Um, do you feel like you found your money. thing? <laughs> I think I did because honestly, I was the reason why I sold the store. I was kind of, burned out. I was tired already of being seven days on the business because, you know, the store is one of those businesses where you have to constantly be there. You know, you have to be watching everything. And, yep. and uh, I was kind of tired already. I I mean, I had money, but I couldn't go out on vacation for longer than two weeks because then you get your phone calls and, you know, all this. You come back and there's some ass sometimes. The, the employees are fighting and <laughs> between them and you know so uh, thank yeah. god you're patient <laughs> so it's kind of burned out and i saw the opportunity of i got a pretty good offer on the business actually the uh it was the uh the property that they bought because the business we closed down they didn't want the business they bought mm -hmm. the whole package but they said you know what we want the, the property so you can close the business and yeah. do whatever you want with it and I just started the, the. So you own you owned the the commercial the space where the yeah. store was at. Yes, I bought that ten years after I ran the business. So, yeah, thank God I I had the. Was opportunity. that your first real estate investment? Yes, that was my first real estate investment. And then I took thirty one from that. that, and that into, I was gonna say. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Did you take that money and invest more in real estate or how did that, I did 31 how did that work out for you? Is that how you got into it? Yeah, I did 31 from that uh, property into a 10-unit apartment complex here in East LA. And then from there, I, I fixed them, refinanced. I got 500000 yeah, I mean, why take that money and have a vacation and buy cool stuff? Like, why not? Yeah. Right, you know. <laughs> not, not Jose. My, not Jose. My goal is to retire at 55, which is four years from now. So uh, I'm not trying to be rich and spend the rest of my life working hard. Oh, I want to just have enough to be, to live decently and, you know, yeah, enjoy it. 
So at the beginning of our conversation, you said that now you're like a real estate de- like investor. Is that is that what we're talking about? So you sold the carnicería, the 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 lot, mm-hmm. the the store <clears throat> itself. You turned around, you bought twelve units, ten units, fixed it up, and you flipped ten, yeah. it. No, yeah. I did. You I just refinanced and pulled some money out of it to buy another a couple of properties in Bakersfield, California. Hey, don't talk about Bakersfield. No, that's, that's my barrio right there. That's my barrio. That's my barrio. So now we we own real estate in Los Angeles. We own real estate in Bakersfield. Mister, Are you Mister doing show, more I, investments? I sold it already. I bought more here in LA. So thank God right now I have 25 doors here in LA. So you guys. Like this yeah, is where, so, a, but let's go back to that. that so you, you sell the, the property or you sell the, the carnicería. What, what, where did that mindset come? Where, who, who, I mean, especially coming yes, here at 17 go, from Mexico, go. right? Like that's, yes, that's not the typical mindset no. of, of that, that person. Right. And so, and I'm not trying to like put people in a box or, or stereotype not. at all, but it, but You're that's not. just the truth, right? I mean, like it is, it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the mindset for anybody at that age, for most no. people that age, right? Even no. born in, in this country, but like, where, where did that where come did from? That where did that come why, from? Why, 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 why did you do that? Like, what was the, what was the thought process? Like I said, I, I, I always had in my mind that I would want to have my own business and I don't want to retire out of company working for a company till 62 and they got my retirement. But I, were your parents on, were their parents a small business owner in Mexico? Like where did you, how were you influenced to think that way though? I, to Mike's point, that's not the, that's, while that is the American dream, that is an immigrant story. It's not a lot of immigrant stories. It's, it's not a lot of American stories well, when you're born and raised And I know that takes a level of and discipline pain. and, and, like and yeah, trust. Yeah. It's not because, you know, I even try to partner up with my own people. Even family members, they don't believe in you. Instead of saying, yeah, come on, do it. You can't do it. Oh, no, this is going to happen to you. Oh, I see this guy. He got into the same thing. I look at him. Oh, he's doing that now. And go get a real job. Right, right. So, yeah. But since I was little go child, I job. remember selling paletas with one of those carritos in Mexico. Yeah. Shining. <laughs> yeah, paleta, yeah. paleta, paleta, paleta. Paletas and... Yeah, and, or chat. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and I was... Uh, uh, <laughs> Shoe shining. I was shining the shoes for people when I was 12 years old. I don't know. I always had it Jeez. in my mind that I wanted to do my own thing. So Jose, it's just a God given talent. That's yeah. just one of you've got what like, you were just born with that. It, it wasn't inherited, it wasn't shown to you. That was the, you are living out your destiny, your God given talent. You were born to be the successful. Right. And I love how you frame it in a way like my success. I want to retire at 55, which is four years away. Now, I'm not trying to be rich. Like you've set your own terms. I don't need to be driving a Lamborghini. Right. Maybe you do. But like, I just want to retire at a certain age and be able to live the rest of my life. I love how you've set those terms up for yourself because a lot of times it's so easy to get caught up in what somebody else's success looks like. Yes. And if I don't get that, that I'm not successful, but you really are on your own terms here. And holy smoke, you have 25, you said 25 doors? Yes, I have 25 doors. That's it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's your retirement. And that's all I'm going to need to live decently, you know? I, I see people yeah. that are on real estate, they own hundreds of doors, but I see how they live and I'm like, I don't want to be them. 
owning millions and millions yeah. of dollars, you you won't be able to spend that money and you're not enjoying it. You're always, you know, yeah. they wake up early, they, they're already thinking, what am I going to do today? I need to make more money. I don't want 200 doors. I want a thousand doors. But what? what for? You're not going to be able to spend yeah. all that money anyways. And that's just going to be a big problem for your family. Once you're gone, they're going to be fighting for it. And, you know? So I said, you know what? Yeah. Man, I don't want to be one of them. So I just you know, want to take it easy. I worked all of my life since I was little. And I worked hard enough to come to this point and say, you know what? I'm going to just take it easy from now. I don't. I love that. He, I love that he says it's taking it easy is owning and operating three different businesses, twenty five dollars <laughs> dollar. Yeah, just, just taking it easy. Right, so yeah. much life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Jose. Since we're since we're since you put retirement out there, what's your dream vacation? What's a dream vacation? Because because Jesus, you said two weeks isn't enough. Like for so many people in our industry, we can't get a week. Like right. leaving That's the business for a week. Yeah. Like goddamn, I'm like something's gonna happen. What's your dream vacation? What is what is relaxation look like? I, I want to be I want to be able to go around the world and you know meet places and you know meet people. Every time I see uh, no destination, no time frame. Right? Huh? Yeah. Just go. I, have a, I don't understand. You should have seen the list that I have. Uh, <laughs> I seen videos of places that are pretty nice. I'd be writing them down. I um, I want to go there. I want to go there. So I'm keeping my list. When I turn 55, He's got a I'm going to be, okay, let's start going through the list now. <laughs> Check them yep. off. Yep. Here we go. Buckets. Yeah. Bucket list. I love, I love it. Love it. Let's get into, uh, okay. let's get into Maricela's favorite, favorite part of the show, the rapid yes. fire. Uh, she's yes. going to give you some questions. Uh, yeah. And, so and I'll let her frame it. Yeah. <laughs> so what what I mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation is that um, before we even started recording is I, we, our mission is to tell the stories of people in our industry through this podcast, through this platform, but also hopefully it'll be a resource for anyone listening or watching. Right. So at the end of every episode, we just go through the same four questions with any one of our guests to see what are you doing um, that works for you so that hopefully someone listening could be like, dude, I'm going to try that. That sounds really interesting. And they're better for having spent the time listening to our podcast. So it's four really easy questions. Um, first question, Jose, what is one resource you cannot do your business without? What is one thing that your business uses that you can't survive if that, if that resource goes away? Well, good employees. Your employees have to be on your side all the time. So you got to treat them good. I always try to treat my employees as I want to be treated. I always do that. Because, you know, sometimes oh, you treat them badly. Is it, but wait, Jose, is there something you do to find those good employees? Because, I mean, we all of us are going to talk about yeah, labor shortages. Employees, right? so, yeah. All of us want good employees. Yeah. How do you go about finding good employees? It's really hard. but And keeping right, them. Right. It's really hard to find them. But once you find them, like I said, you got to be nice to them. You got you to gotta treat them good. And you got to show them that you're... You care about them as a person, not just as an employee. You know, help them on whatever you can and, you know, treat them good. That's the main thing. What's the thing you've done that's been the most resourceful in finding the right people? Is it like making an ad on La Opinion? Is it walking Home Depot and finding people that like, what's been the most influential way to find your good employees, your best employees? You know what, the, the good employees that I have uh, most of them hear from 
other people talking about me, so they wanted to work for me. I was like, oh, okay, that yeah. means people has been talking good about me, you know, so, but yeah, yeah and it's yeah. hard. If you do, like you said, ads or go to a Home Depot or whatever, that doesn't work. 100% of the ones that come in to apply for a job, none of them stayed with us. It, I don't know, but people yeah. don't, in these days, they don't want to work. They want to work. Are those referrals yeah. coming from from your own employees or from just word of mouth inside the industry? Uh, word of mouth inside the industry, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So your 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 role of treating people that you want the way you want to be treated, that golden rule, isn't just serving yourselves and your clientele process. It's serving the retention for employees and the recruitment of other employees. Right. I love that. Um yep. Jose, second question, what's the best advice that someone has given you? Well, the best advice, uh, I remember this guy that he was also a um, um, in the same industry. And like I said, he always told me that you need to watch for whoever you're working. He's like, you got to make sure that you come through whatever you offer them and treat the uh, the treat your customers good and make sure you make that person or that company look good. Like if it was you. Yeah. So always keep that in mind. Yeah. And he, he told me the same thing. He's like, I've been through jobs where I had to lose money and I took the last, but I, I kept my, my partners, you know, I kept working with them. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, third question. Is there a book or a podcast that you love? Is there a book or a podcast, something that you read, something that you listen to that you're like, dude, that encourages me, that gives me life, I'm I'm better for it. You know what? I don't have one in mind. I I don't think I don't think I have one in mind right now. Okay, that's fair. He lives his own book and his yeah. own podcast. I do. He, Jose, you are a book. Yeah. Like that's what you, that's what you need to do as you travel the world. You need to write your right. memoir, like an right. immigrant story. Right. Like, si se puede, el dicho es, like whatever it is, like you need to write a book. And then somebody, somebody later on will be like, oh, this guy named Jose Almenza wrote a book and I wrote, I read it and that's been my favorite book. 100%. Um, yep. Last question. Uh, so you're a lot of things. You've owned a lot of different businesses. Uh, you're a patient man. Uh, is there a habit that you have that you keep for yourself to fill yourself up so that you could pour into others? What is there a habit? Is there like you work out every day, you read every day, you meditate every day, you pray every day, you go drink <laughs> coffee alone? Like, is there something you do? Um, you eat a taco every day. What is it just for yourself? Uh, the main thing is I pray every day. First thing when I wake up, I thank God for giving me another day. I stand up, me um, persino, and say, you know what? Thank you, mm -hmm. God. Forgive me for whatever I did wrong yesterday. Help me to be a better person today. And I will do my best to do the right thing today. And if you need me to be helpful for blessing someone through me i wanted to be that instrument i'm hoping to be there amen yes. so good uh, mike i don't know if you're keeping track here but i think that's the last five 
guests least, that we've yeah, had yeah, have yeah. have that the last five guests that we've had have that very same connection. I I yeah. do too. I, that's incredible. I love that. Jose, it was a privilege to get to hear your story today. So inspirational on so many different levels. I'm fired up. I honestly came in dragging my feet today, and I'm I'm fired up. You gave me a huge I, I, dose. I feel of uh, I feel a little uh, less than right now because I haven't owned any businesses. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, buddy's still over there with at least one, and Jose's got like five. And <laughs> here I am. She's a boy. Come on, we all can do it. It's a weekend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> go buy some real estate, Mike. Go buy some yeah, real estate. Let's sure. go. Let's 100%. go get on sale. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Jose, it's been awesome. Before we go, we want to give you a shot to uh, let everybody know where to find you guys, how to get a hold of you, uh, whether that's online, email, phone number, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, my direct phone number is 323-707-2163. We're located in Montevallo, and our website is uh, www.gjscience.com. If you guys need any installation service, whatever you guys need on the sign business, or real estate guys, you guys want one you guys want to sell or buy? Let me know. <laughs> I was gonna I'm, I'm just gonna send you my money. I'm just gonna let's send you my it, money and you can, and I'll I, let you I'll let you do it. Yeah. And come on, Raza, <laughs> total Kurt Gibson. Gibson all the Latino, we can do it. Yeah. Everybody can do it. Thank Thank you guys. I really thank you, husband. Jose, thank been you. awesome, man. We appreciate it. Stay safe out there and uh we look forward to catching up in the future. Have a good one. Have a good one. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. If you had a good time, be sure to hit that subscribe button to get all the latest episodes. And if you had a really good time, leave a review to let us know what you thought. Until then, go gather some crazy stories on your job sites, and we'll see you next time on So, You Want to Be a Contractor. Contractor.